Hello, everybody. Welcome to Camp Codger. Join us as three old guys share their often humorous, occasionally inspirational, and sometimes serious insights into this crazy experience called the golden years. Hi, I'm Gary Ebersall. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Camp Codger podcast. We are here at the Camp Codger studios in the virtual wilderness, and we're going to talk about more camp topics today. We've got a really good show planned for you. Before we get into this show, we're going to do a little uh, segment that we call Codger of the Week. And I think my buddy and co-host Gary has a Codger of the Week. What do you think, Gary? Did you find one? Randy, I have a confession to make. I was running a little late. Yeah, yeah, I know. You should ask, oh, how does a person who's retired has all the time in the world run late? But I was. And I really didn't spend much time getting ready for the Codger of the Week segment. So I decided to do the easy way out. I'm going to check the obits because you can always find somebody interesting who's died recently. I went to Google and I said, important people who died this week. Notice I didn't say famous. I said important. And what did I get back? Stars, stars, celebrities, celebrity stars, Gorbachev, stars, stars, more stars and more celebrities. Google can be so dumb. So I took the lazy man's way out. I scanned the New York Times and I came across an old codger, Roger Hill. He's 81 years old, lives in Colorado. He calls himself an old school dry fly fisherman. And Roger is particularly angry. Apparently, there are some extraordinarily wealthy people literally buying up all the riverfront property in the state of Colorado. These people are limiting stream access rights that ordinary people have taken for granted for years. Roger decided this wasn't right, wasn't fair, and he actually felt it was in violation of the law. Now, Roger is a retired scientist, pretty smart guy, and he decided he was going to take on this challenge. Somebody needed to make certain these people didn't take away everything from ordinary people. What Roger decided to do was sue the state of Colorado to ensure that ordinary people had stream access rights. They could go fly fishing, something really simple, something really basic. When Roger was interviewed, he made the comment, I'm a troublemaker at heart. Roger's my kind of guy, a contrarian. And here's this righteous cause, returning stream access rights to the people, and this cause needed a troublemaker. Roger's the man. Well, good for Roger, and congratulations for being this week's Old Codger of the Week. Oh, you know what, Gary? Why don't we invite our listeners to send in their nominations for Codger of the Week? We're always looking for input. So folks out there, if you've got a, a nominee for a future Codger of the Week, for whatever reason, send it to us. Uh, male, female, famous or not, and we will consider using it in our next or a future Codger of the Week segment. With that little business taken care of, let's get into today's topic. So what are we talking about today, Randy? You know what I'd like to talk about? I'd like to talk about what are the odds? What's more likely, winning the lottery or being hit by lightning? Could be interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of fun stuff. Those of us who are already old codgers might be wondering, what are the odds of living to be 100 years old? Do you guys have any idea 
what the odds of that might be. Let's assume that you're in your 50s, so you've already survived all the the childhood dangers and the accidents and whatever. You're in middle age. What are the odds of you living to be 100 years old? I think it's about 3%. Richard? I was going to say 10%. According to this story in AARP, you have a 5.46% chance of living to be 100. The odds are higher if, if you're a woman, but it's still quite an accomplishment to live that long. I mean, not that many people live to be 100 years old. According to the United Nations, there are 573,000 living centenarians worldwide. So that's a lot of people. And you know, the other stat that they didn't report on, approximately half of those are in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's a relatively small number considering there's 8 billion people on earth. I know. So it's, it really is quite an accomplishment to live that long. May we all be so lucky. You know, the, the funny thing is, I mean, we all kind of equate longevity to success and having a full and rich life. I'm not sure I need to be 100 years old to reach that milestone of feeling like I had a good full life. I tell uh, my, my wife, Patty, my philosophy about longevity is this. As long as I can be happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, I don't mind that being followed by dead. So if it's happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, dead, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to repeat that every morning. Am I happy, healthy, or am I dead? The Social Security Administration gathers and analyzes name data every year. You know, what names were people given? First names. So they know how many Josephs were born in 1972 and how many Matthews and how many Beckys, right? So in the 21st century, take a wild guess at at what the most common girl's name has been. Interesting. It's got to be one of those frou-frou names. Brittany or something like that. Sorry, Brittany, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry, Bambi. Bambi. Bambi and Brittany. <laughs> I thought it would be one of those. I'll say Lori. Lori's a good guess. A lot of names kind of recycle. A lot of old names get yep. popular again. You know, so the most popular name for girl children in the 21st century in America has been Emma. Oh, yeah. So the odds of being born a girl in the 21st century in America and being an Emma, those odds are 1 in 107. All right, for the sake of quality and whatnot, we have to talk about boys' names in the 21st century. Again, the most popular boys' name is an old-fashioned name that has gotten popular. The number one name is Jacob. And if you're a Jacob in the 21st century... The odds of being named Jacob for boys is 1 in 179. Can I do a little diversion on naming? Sure. Somebody discovered that only 450 people in the whole United States were named Gary in 2015 or something like that. Whereas in 1950, two years after I was born, 35,000 people were named Gary. And I'm thinking, that's really sad. 
thing. Your name is out of fashion. Totally, <laughs> totally. And I am out of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and just to follow up on, on what Gary said, when I was born, Randy was a popular name. And last year, there were four Randys born in America. <laughs> and, and not only is that a false fact, and it's fake news, but I just made it up off the top of my head. Come on, Randy, give us some more odds. Right, this, is, this is one that it will blow your mind. I am a baseball fan, partly because I'm an old codger, and baseball was the number one sport in America, and the number one professional sport. And it's probably the number one sport that boys participated in as kids. Along those lines, what do you think the odds are of catching a foul ball at a professional baseball game? You mean as a fan? As in a the, fan. In the stands? Yes. Catching it or just getting it? <laughs> How about leaving the stadium with a foul oh, ball? Thank you very much. <laughs> one in... 35,000. I'd say one in 3,000. Oh, you guys, you got to go to the baseball game more often because the odds are actually about 1 in 835. Come on. And. Really? And, wait, wait, wait for it. My friends at AARP Magazine even found out that there was a particular guy who did a, a lifelong study on this. His name is Zach Hample. He's a 44-year-old collector of stuff including foul balls at baseball stadiums. I am not making this up. He claims to have caught 11,659 balls at stadiums. Oh, what? I don't believe that. Not at all. <laughs> Do the math. Zach, you're lying. You only get one in 839 chances each time you attend a game to walk away with a ball. Well, he'd probably have to go to eight games a day for his entire life, so I'm not sure I believe Zach, but God bless him anyway. Okay, let's talk now we get serious. Because they keep stats on how people die, right? I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's a public health statistic. What do you think the odds are of dying in a plane crash? You're very small. One in 10 million. Gary, you are really good at this game. And for those of you out there in podcast land, Gary and, and Richard don't know these answers. I kept them from them. So Gary has shown an incredible, I don't know, canniness. You're just crafty when it comes to giving us what the odds are. All right. The odds of being killed in a plane crash are one in 11 million. Thank goodness. I like those odds. <laughs> if it was one in a hundred, I may not get in a plane again. <laughs> do you do you guys think it's more likely to die in a plane crash than dying by being bitten by a shark? That's an mm. interesting one because there are mm. not that many shark bite deaths annually. Some in Australia, some in, in the US. I'd say it's more likely you're going to die from a shark bite. I'll say plane crash. It's actually less likely to be attacked by a shark and die in the process. Your odds are 1 in 3.7 million. How about dying in a tornado? Oh, man. Well, according to this stat, 
it's actually less likely to die in a tornado than in a plane crash. Your odds are one in 13 million of dying in a tornado. Whoa, one in 13 million. Really, my point in bringing all this up, not to be morbid, but we think about the odds of things happening in terms of how bad it might be if they happened and not how likely they were. And those three examples, plane crash, shark attack, and tornado, the odds are well over a million for all three of them. And they're highly unlikely to happen. I have family members who who get sweaty palms when they get on a plane. They just don't like the experience. And to go back to a prior podcast, those three things are all, they all make the media. The media plays them up or plays them big. Tornadoes, deaths in Louisiana or Kansas, wherever it is, if it's a big enough number, if it's 10, 20, 30, that may make the front page of, of the newspaper, the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, whatever. So we read about it more, and that makes us more afraid. Yeah, for sure. It's the classic journalism cliche. If it bleeds, it leads. All right, what are the odds of two attractive young people falling in love with each other if they are forced to spend a week together? (laughs) How do you even collect statistics on that? Come on. Oh, my God. One in 12,000. One in 10. One in 10 or 10,000? We've already got a contrived situation. Two people are going to be stuck together for a week, right? Right. If you look at the random distribution of outcomes, one of them is that somebody will be dead at the end of that week, right? (laughs) (laughs) But the other is they could fall madly in love at the other extreme. So it's it's on the long tail. Maybe it's one in a hundred. Dead versus happily in love and married forever. Gary, I love you to death. You know you're you're one of my best pals, but I don't know how you can always think of something like death when given a question about love. <laughs> I'm just being practical. Sometimes they feel like two sides of the same coin, right? <laughs> okay, well, you you guys are are you ready for the answer? Yes, yes, the answer yes, is, please. The odds are 100%, according to the movies that my wife watches on the Hallmark what? Channel. <laughs> oh, oh that very is, funny. That is great. I love that one, Randy. <laughs> I, I watch the horror movies, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Think of The Shining, right? And Jack Nicholson. They were stuck together in that old house, and they didn't live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the death part of that question, right? All right, here's a good one. What are the odds of being saved by CPR? Let's say you have a heart attack. And you need CPR, and, and one of your family members gives you CPR. How much does that increase your odds of surviving? 10%. I will say uh, 25%. No, it's almost 50%. Your odds go up 45 to 50% of surviving if somebody in your family or somebody nearby gives you CPR. So let that be a lesson to everybody. 
That's an invitation for everybody to learn CPR. Absolutely. Do you, do you know CPR? No. Out of here, Richard. I only <laughs> hang with people that know CPR. Do you, Randy? Yes, I do. Well, I, I'm yeah. married to a nurse, and, and I, I've taken CPR classes a couple of times, so absolutely. Wow. And, and honestly, guys, in all seriousness, we should all learn how to do that. Yes, we should, given those odds, absolutely. It's an incredibly wow. effective way of helping somebody that you know and love. Or a complete stranger. Or a complete stranger. All right, let's end this on one more fun one. What do you think the odds of finding a four-leaf clover if you're actually looking for a four-leaf clover? If you're actually looking, you're on your hands and knees, crawling through the grass. And you've got clover. And there's clover. One in three. I'll say one in 20. Well, according to this, for every 10,000 clovers, there's only one four-leaf clover. So it's quite rare. No. I don't know if that's true. There's no way. Randy, have you ever found a four-leaf clover? Yes, I have. Richard? I suppose so, yeah. I have. I mean, here's two out of three, and I didn't spend that much time wandering around, maybe rolling in the clover, but not (laughs) wandering around on my hands and he's looking for a clover. We've had so much fun with this topic, but it's still time for us to go, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us here at Camp Codger. Tune in next week. We're going to have another fun gab fest with three old guys in rocking chairs dispensing fun, wisdom, and insights. Please join us, and we'll see you then. Before we leave, a few corrections and apologies are in order. We attributed the quote, In the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes to Andy Warhol. Apparently, we are as confused as everybody else is according to the internet gospel delivered by Wikipedia. Andy is not the source of this well-worn cliché. If you want to know more about this trivia, search for 15 Minutes of Fame on Wikipedia. And to all the Britneys and Bambies out there whose names we called Fru-Fru, our sincerest apologies. Of course, anyone named Brittany or Bambi is probably much too young to be listening to this podcast. I honestly don't know anybody in our boomer generation with those names. But then, I don't live in Dallas. Damn. Now we're in the apology spiral. We love Dallas and all the big hair. Uh Uh-oh. Blonde big hair is wonderful. Oh, my God. A final update on Zach's foul ball collection. If you must attend 835 games to leave the park with one foul ball, then our calculations show that Zach has attended 9,735,265 games to complete his collection of foul balls. We'll be back next week when we ponder whether it's possible for old dogs, you know, your codger buddies, to learn new tricks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, sign up at campcodger.com to receive email updates about new episodes. As always, we would be delighted if you left a comment below. You can also join the fun by checking out Camper Corner on our website.